Hello, everyone. So we are back for another career and spirituality conversation. So for those of you who don't know me yet, I'm Julie, Julie Pone, and I support spiritual seekers having a career experience to reconcile what they do for a living with who they are as a soul. And these conversations are part of supporting you. And uh, for today, I have um, uh, Petra, Petra Bloom, who is a career and uh, mental coach with me. And we're going to have a, an overview of her own um, career transitions um, in any minute. Uh, Petra, how are you today? Oh, I'm very well, Julie. Thank you also. Uh, it's so kind to have me here today. I'm super excited because I really love the work that you do. So thank you for the invitation. <laughs> thank you so much, Petra. I'm looking very much looking forward to looking forward to it. So before we delve into uh, into it, we're going to do a one, two minutes grounding. So I welcome you and everyone listening to close your eyes unless you're driving a car don't do that and first let's just uh, for a second feel our body and feel the weight of our body on this earth and feel the weight of our feet on the ground and press our feet onto the ground with the intention to anchor ourselves and taking advantage to give a little acknowledgement to the earth underneath us. And then moving our attention back, back up into our chest area, more specifically the center of our chest where our heart is beating and imagining visualizing as if our breath is flowing in and out directly from the heart and just now slowing down our breathing making our breath a little bit deeper and slower than we usually do and let's just breathe like this for a couple of breaths And beautiful, that's about a minute. And so I'm going to invite all of us to open our eyes, getting ourselves back here and now. And hello again. <laughs> oh, so dear Petra, thank you for joining me today. Um, excited to talk about uh, your career transitions and how you support other people in their career transitions. Mm 
Uh, but we're also talking spirituality. So my first question, as usual, <laughs> is <laughs> what is your relationship to spirituality? What is relation? Uh, sorry, spirituality to you? Mm -hmm. Thank you, Julie. And that was a very nice introduction. So I'm nicely grounded. Uh, so that was very powerful. So when you first, you know, asked me, you know, uh, actually to join, you know, this conversation, and I thought about spirituality, it's something that is so deep, like, like has a deep meaning. And I would say it's, it's very deeply rooted inside of me. Also, for you know, some time I, I didn't know, right? And what it means for me is that, you know, I guess like most most everyone, if not everybody, is kind of like thinking, well, what is my purpose on this planet, right? Why am I here and what am I supposed to do, right? Like these big questions that I guess everybody's trying to solve for themselves. Um, and of course, you know, in my young years, I have absolutely no clue. And, um, but then in my teenage years, you know, my mom died very early uh, when I was 17 years. Mm -hmm. And that's, that was like a turning point for me in terms of, then I really wanted to find some answers, you know, like, okay, why is this happening? And why, 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 you know, and why me, and why is it so difficult, you know, and all of that, and especially in such young age, when, you know, you actually, you, you, you have to face your life, um, and your almost childhood, or, you know, teenage years, they end, like, very abruptly, and because also my dad wasn't around, so I was on my own ever since I turned 18, I really wanted to know what is this all about, right? And I was raised quite religiously because my mom, she was quite religious. And, you know, I was born and raised in a very little village, tiny little village, where, you know, we had to go to church every Sunday, right? But it was really like kind of like forced. And of course, as you grow up, you realize it's not really what I what I'm into, right? Well. And uh, then when my mom died, that's when I really turned my, you know, against like church, mm -hmm. especially the Catholic church. And, and I think still as of today, I'm not into organized religion, you know, at all. But I guess I, I believe that there's a, this, you know, higher power, if you want so. Um, and very early on without actually knowing it back then but now looking back and at one point you realize all of it does make sense and how everything is connected you know um and as we all say not just your body but your mind and your soul you know um and that is absolutely you know true for myself so yeah there were many occasions where i try to you know dig deeper into this whole spirituality thing, uh, also being introduced to a friend of mine, you know, um, and she is, uh, she actually introduced me to uh, two people, one of which was Louise Hay, right? Uh, I loved her books, um, but then also, um, and, and she was really spiritual already. I mean, I think she started very early on with all of her, you know, um, books and, and, and you know, and but then also in the whole healing part. 
But then also Tony Robbins, right? I think, uh, God, I inhaled his books and everything he had to say very early on. And for me, this whole spirituality in this in this early stage was about this whole self-development yeah. and kind of like understanding that it's all inside of you, right? Mm -hmm. And it is connected though to, to this higher power. Uh, it's interesting when you were talking about religion and how you related to religion. I um, was reminiscing, I drifted for a second in my <laughs> early years. Where I didn't grow up in a religious, my, my family was not religious at all, but they, they had us in a private school that, that was a Catholic school. So we had catechism. So I sort of uh, learned you know, like a subject in school, you know, about <laughs> <Yes>. religion. <laughs> and all the other kids were doing their communions and stuff. So mm. I didn't know any better. So I said, like, oh, I'm going to do the same. And on the day, <laughs> so I had to be christened like late, you know, at, I don't know, six, seven years old. I remember my first communion. I I had this, the the candle, you know, and uh, I had my <laughs> hair caught on fire. <laughs> So anyway, I don't know if it was like um, a sign of uh, all hell breaking loose later, but mm -hmm. yeah, um, I share that, uh, you know, that that view, like, you know, religion had me a little bit mm -hmm. um, off. And then after, like, you know, like you, I, oh, yeah, actually, yeah, everything, you know, then the spiritual side rather than the religious side came on. Yes. But, uh, yeah. So, but to come back uh, to um, to you, so uh what about your career trajectory and where did you start what are you doing now and how did your you know your spiritual evolution possibly mm -hmm. weave into this and and influence your path mm -hmm. yeah so having said what i had said earlier you know like kind of like being on my own in my early years I had absolutely no clue what I wanted to do and I always thought that wanting to be a teacher when I was six years that doesn't count right? <laughs> <laughs> and so I guess just one thing came up and you know it sounded okay right yeah two things however I always knew one of which was I was always drawn to other cultures yeah. uh, I absolutely had this uh, curiosity about cultures, languages, people, you know, uh, but then also wanting to work international. Um, I remember, you know, even in my first job, I was actually the international phone operator. You know, that was my first job. Uh, and that's how, you know, this inter being international uh, actually already started because, you know, it's funny to actually think about it now. And I'm looking at my iPhone over there uh, to think that back then you didn't have a phone. You didn't have an iPhone. You didn't have a phone on the wall. Well, maybe you were lucky and you couldn't just dial up, you know, many of these countries that were like nowadays, you just like press a button and that's it. But back then, you know, you had, you know, you had to call an operator for countries that were far away and, you know, uh, and also the international um you know, if, if somebody wanted a, a phone number. So that was how I, that was my very, very first job. 
And it was super interesting because I, I already knew I wanted to learn many different languages. Yeah. Uh, English was always my first, uh, like in school, I loved it. I thought that, you know, I mean, I'm German, but speaking German for me was kind of like boring. <laughs> so those are the two things I knew, right? Everything else was kind of like blurry and was almost non-existent. Um, and then so, you know, moving forward, you know, uh, I, I did start, you know, with really English and in evening school and, you know, uh, and a little bit of French. And uh, so then I had one job after the other. And uh, at one point, then I made also a big move uh, going to, to a big city. Uh, and I, I basically moved to uh, Frankfurt in Germany. And with that, the new chapter started in terms of career. Mm -hmm. uh, because then I ended up being with an IT, like a small mid-sized software company. Um, and again, I had no background on IT or whatsoever, right? And I basically started being as a, you know, being the receptionist and working my way up to like a senior consultant. Oh. And so that was like a really a massive achievement for me at the time. I could have never dreamed that this was going to be possible. And I can tell you, of course, being in a, you know, a woman in a male predominated area in the 90s, in the early 90s was also not very easy, right? So, and it worked out quite well. And I, I love the job, you know, it, it, I mean, it paid bills uh, and, I, and I made good money and I could travel, you know, all the things I could have never imagined for myself when I was little. Um, and then that job brought me then to Switzerland, which, you know, opened another completely different chapter. And um, from there, uh, from an IT job, uh, I then moved into an HR role. So something, again, completely different. So I kind of like... Sorry, Petra, into a what you said? Into a... Into an HR role. Oh, yeah, HR. Okay. Thank yeah. You. So again, without actually knowing it, I had reinvented myself already twice, you know, going into something completely different, right? With a complete openness, uh, not knowing what to expect. And, you know, uh, the good thing is that I really had always good mentors, you know, for, for both of the jobs in the, in the IT career, but also then later in my HR career. Um, and in that role, um, I got the feeling of, you know, that's the first time actually I came in, in real contact. I mean, I'm saying real contact with coaching is because I've, I've, you know, my boss came to me and said, you know, Hey, you know, here's some money for further development, you know, let me know what you want to do. And I said, wow, actually I'm so busy. I have no time, you know, and I almost gave it away. Think about it. Jesus. And so that was when my first, I had my very first coach experience, my first coaching training, and I was hooked. I was completely hooked because I saw what is possible with coaching, within coaching. Uh, I was just completely on fire and I knew I wanted to give something back to society. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's where I guess my spiritual side kicked in also to say, wow, you know, but what can you do? You know, I mean, hey, you just had your first training so you know uh where to, where to go from there and uh i guess maybe one and a half years later my 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 role was made redundant right and i found myself in a very um 
I want to say not difficult, but it was the first time ever um, that I found myself in such a process, uh, you know, like being without a job, being in a different country, uh, whereas before it was so easy, like, okay, I'm on the market, not really, you know, had to send a CV or anything. Maybe you had an interview, like more like a conversation. That was it. Yeah. And all of a sudden things were different. And, you know, um, I had a coach at the time and, you know, really going into all of the details and tools. And I'm thinking, oh my God, is this really what it is about? You know? So yeah, I went through the process myself and uh, that's where I also discovered like really what it means, you know, like the up and downs, like dealing with uncertainty. Uh, and then also, not only that, but to question what specifically do I want to do from this point on? Mm -hmm. So I looked at any, you know, many different things within HR, you know, also at the back of my mind, I kept telling myself, okay, if things don't work out, you can always go back to IT, like as a <laughs> fallback option, right? Yeah. But knowing that I'd not really wanted to do that. Mm -hmm. um, and so... I, I guess, you know, at one point, um, you know, going and working with this outplacement, you know, it's the first time I learned about what actually outplacement is and what an outplacement service is. And then, you know, um, working with that company at the time, um, you know, we had like these regular networking sessions. Mm -hmm. And the coach there at one point said, you know, because we were working on our, you know, pitches and stuff and like your, our unique selling points. And every time I'm thinking, oh, my God, what can I possibly say and contribute, you know? But then I really, I had this, you know, I said, okay, let me, I really want to think about that. And in the next session, um, it was my turn to do the pitch. And I remember like the coach said, wait a minute, why don't you come work for us? And it would have never dawned to me that this could you know, be a potential role for me. Mm -hmm. But I, I guess like there's a saying, sometimes you don't see the forest because of all the trees, right? Yeah. I was so focused on understanding who I am and what I truly wanted and what I not wanted uh, and actually not going back to IT. And... Um, but you also have to stand up for that. You cannot expect that somebody will give you something that you are not, you know, uh, up to, you know, fight for, right? Mm -hmm. Because I've had, you know, um, because the most difficult thing was most of the recruiters called me actually for IT roles, right? Because I hadn't been a massive long time in HR. So I was like, wow, how do I do that now? And um, so, yeah. Then I, I thought about, okay, career coaching. And, um, you know, I had absolutely no idea. But then I loved, the, you know, the company. Uh, I had met, you know, a number of coaches, you know, from various workshops and stuff. And I thought, wow, this is a cool bunch of people. Why not give it a try? I had no idea, right? I absolutely had no idea. As a matter of fact, I started as an ops manager and 50% and 50% as a coach. Mm -hmm. um, and while some other people had in mind that I could move up the ladder, mm -hmm. I'm already like clear that I think after one or two months, I knew that the only thing I wanted to do going forward is coaching. And 
explicitly because I had just been through this transition myself. As a matter of fact, I was almost like half still in it, mm -hmm. right? Because I just had like took this new role and it was not so clear, you know, like the, the edges were, you know, appearing. So then I said, okay, guys, this is, this is not for me. You know, I just really want to, I, I want to do coaching and I want to help people to get through their own career transition. And that's how it really then took off. And I think that was in 2018 and two years later, I got my first award. And then a year later, I got another award. So that was something for me personal, like, oh my God, you know, is this really happening? So what does that mean now, right? So, and more and more, um, you know, I, I gained the experience and, and I had this great team of colleagues and of course, fantastic, you know, clients. Um, I learned about the market, you know, various industries. Um, so yeah, it really took off. And um, and then at one point, Corona came along, mm -hmm. as we all know. Yeah. And um, the good thing is also from starting at this career coaching part or point, you know, not only did I have like these one-on-one -on -one sessions, but I would also facilitate workshops and networking. Actually, then one of the things I took over is that networking, you know, format that I was part of. Right. And that was like really an honor for me to actually lead that on. Yeah. So every time I do that, I tell people, wow, this is actually the thing where it started for me. Right. Where not only did I learn a lot, but that's where actually my next career that really started. And I don't even want to say career because for me, this coaching is not about having a career, but it's really about being fulfilled and living my purpose. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, beautiful. And actually, you saying, uh, are we saying the word, as we are saying the word career, and you uh -huh. said uh, you don't even want to call it a career. <sighs> what is really a career? When, when can we say we have a career or we don't have a career? Because I know some people mm -hmm. uh, think that they don't have a career because it hasn't been uh, consistently going up in one single industry so what what's your your take on that what's mm -hmm. i think well that's a, a very good question i think the, the thing that comes to mind is first of all i think that is something that every individual defines for themselves very you know individual mm -hmm. um it's the same like with like how do you measure being successful right what does success look for you um, and, you know, if I'm thinking about all these previous years, having worked with hundreds of clients mm -hmm. coming from all different industries, all ranks, mm -hmm. um, literally, uh, in all parts of the world, um, having a career, I mean, some people are about money and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Other people are about status and having this reputation, mm -hmm. right? Um, and then there's others who just really try to be fulfilled. You know, they try to give something back. They just want to have fun at what they're doing. They want to bring all of their passion, right? Uh, and none of them is better or worse than the other. I think it means something different for different people, mm -hmm. you know? But if I go to my HR or the HR term of what is a career, 
we may could think of that you know you start somewhere in a company and you make your way up and that's actually something I, I discussed with many people um, is about, okay, is this a lateral move? Mm -hmm. Is, you know, what about a, a, a realignment, yeah. right? Is it a vertical move? I mean, there are many different things. And I guess like the classic career or the conventional career used to be that, yeah, you, you start somewhere, you have an apprenticeship or you study and then you make your way up all to the top. Yeah. But nowadays, careers are different. We are moving completely away from that because of new ways of working, you know, home office and, and all technologies. But then also we are moving away from having like one career, one job or role fixed in one company, mm -hmm. right? Something that I'm, that I'm particularly seeing is, and we call that the portfolio career, which means that Nowadays, you can do more than one thing, which is absolutely great, right? Uh, and I want to say the majority of my clients is probably my age and older. And it's actually, if you think about it, isn't it natural? At one point, you have reached a peak. Mm -hmm. I mean, how much higher can you go? And do you even want it, right? Uh, and when I say that, I don't mean only just, you know, um, salary-wise, money-wise, but also in terms of responsibility and, 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 right? So as a natural thing for me, it's clear that at one point there's something else coming or waiting for you. And not only should you think about your plan B and alternatives, but yeah, obviously, you know, with all that's happening right now uh, over the world, I think uh, I saw an, a number recently that more than 70% of companies worldwide Mm -hmm. are thinking of or are in like reorganization and laying off people that's a massive number massive massive right yeah, yeah. so for the ones that are like 50 60 and they're so used to this you know traditional career loyalty is going to pay off oh my god they are going to you know find themselves really in in a completely new space and a lot of times they're completely lost. Yeah. 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 Uh, and so how do you, like, you know, when you're dealing with people in these types of situation, uh, how do you support them? And what, um, what commonalities do you see um, in how people bounce back? Mm -hmm. So I think the most important thing is to a not panic. Okay. Uh, and that's where I bring in my entire, you know, positive intelligence and mental health, um, mm -hmm. you know, philosophy and tools to say, wait a minute. First of all, you know, you're in a country where you have unemployment office, you know, and you're being supported. So that's one thing. And then the other one is before you do anything, you need to know what actually your goal is. Mm -hmm. So let's try to explore what that goal could be. Uh, and that clearly means to look at, okay, your values, you know, but also where are your talents, right? What does really fulfill you? Where do you believe, you know, you can have, uh, you know, like your passion and a fulfillment and what would give you that joy, right? Uh, going or waking up in the morning and saying, you know what, actually, I don't consider this to be work, even though I'm 
working, right? Um, uh, and yeah, apart from having to pay bills, mm -hmm. but you know, uh, think of you know other things that that really matter to you. And then also, um, you know, bringing in neuroscience in terms of what really matters if you think about it. I mean, obviously, you had a career already, right? You've you've made good money. You had a great position. So what is next? What what matters now, right? Because we all know values can change. And the question is, what are you doing to fulfill or to honor these values? Because I, interestingly enough, sometimes I find people that think that values is something somebody else has to give me, right? So if I want freedom, I just want to be free, but I can give that freedom to myself, right? Uh, or this um, being um, being free in my decisions uh, or um, being independent, you know, uh, being strong, being healthy, the famous work-life balance, right? And if you take all of that into consideration and look where, you know, your talents are, your strengths are, your values, right? Um, and then also look at what is it that is sabotaging yeah. your thoughts or your next steps. That's again, where I bring in the neuroscience part of it. Um, and then to look at that step-by-step, step, what is your preferred you know, social environment? What are the people you enjoy most working with, right? Yeah. Um, is it even an inside, like in an office job or is it maybe sometime somewhere outside? Um, so all of these little puzzle pieces, uh, you know, um, looking at them, trying to explore them with no fear. That's the most important part, you know, no fear and really coming with a curious mind of exploration. Um, and of course, then checking everything against, okay, what does the market need? Yeah. Right. I mean, it's one thing to say, okay, this is what I could envision for myself but if there's no need in the market then okay right so of course that is also something we need to look at but that's where um you know and then i i bring in my own stories i bring in my own transition that i have reinvented myself like what two or three times already right um i've been going into completely different industries from actually not knowing anything about them and everybody telling me you there's no way for you to, to do it but i did it you know, uh, and I think, yeah, dedication and hard work is also another part of the equation. But actually really understanding who, who we are, who, who you are. Um, and yeah, and understanding what is next in your professional and or, you know, private life. Sometimes, you know, even here we, we have the feeling we need to we need to decide. But sometimes, you know, I have people coming towards me with ideas and I say, why, why do you have to choose? Why don't do both? Yeah. They look at me like, oh, wow. Okay, I didn't think about it, you know? Yeah, like because... a novel, totally novel <laughs> concept. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, a lot of people, especially, yeah, if they haven't been in a career transition, how would they know? Yeah. You know, all of what they know has been completely, you know, not valid anymore. So also, you know, starting from from tools, you know, that really look at your CV, you know, AI, 
Mm. Um, all of that is new, you know, uh, you know, LinkedIn, you know, these kind of things. And I have people that say, I don't want to use that. And that's perfectly fine. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 So there's also leeway for people to approach the transition and the technicalities of moving forward in a way that aligns with their nature. So yes. it's point forcing someone to to be on LinkedIn if it if it's not their their thing. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And not only that, but also in terms of process, you know, it's 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 like with any change, it's you know, people are going through the, the, the change curve. I mean somebody may need like two months to actually, you know, get themselves together or, you know, start thinking about, you know, first ideas and others may need six or seven or longer, yeah. you know? And, and that's the, the, I think that's the, the toughest thing to dance with the uncertainty. That's what I want to call it, right? To not know what to expect, but stay positive. Uh, again, explore, meet other people, get insights from other people you know this whole thing about networking if i if i think back to all of the courses and further development i have done you know at this time as a, as a coach you know in terms of leadership and so on and so forth it was so enriching you know um and also you know i think when you are in transition sometimes people tend to isolate themselves at home that's also a very difficult thing or some, something that it's, it's worrying. And so it's important to go outside and to physically meet people like face to face, mm -hmm. uh, not only to meet, but to, to get feedback about, you know, yourself, like your, you know, your personality and what other, what others like see in you. Right. Because we all have these so-called blind spots. Right. Uh, and we need to understand again who we are. And what are the things that people associate you with? What is your reputation, right? Yeah. And and a lot of people have completely lost, you know, uh, all of the connection to themselves, yeah. uh, and they've been in this, you know, rat race. I want to call it right, being in a in a in whatever role doesn't matter, and. Either they didn't have time to think about themselves or there was no need to. Thirdly, they didn't know how. You know, it's it's so not surprising. So it's something that I see every single day, like more than once, right? To that we are doing something, but we're doing it almost like unconsciously. Uh, and we're not even questioning, is this still the right career for me? Is this still the right role or company for me, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's a it's a set of of rules that sometimes have been imposed on us. Um, and um, I've had people who who explain to me that they feel like they're in this golden handcuffs, but you know, comfort zone. And it's very difficult sometimes to to leave that space. Yeah, you know. So yeah. And other people that you see are they always? out of a of a job or do they sometimes come to see you still working but questioning themselves and wanting to investigate so i actually have both so people who are in a role uh and coming to find actually that they feel like there's something wrong okay. mm -hmm. or not matching anymore 
And again, you know, as we mostly know that one, one aspect is the money. Mm -hmm. That's why they say golden handcuffs, right? I mean, everything you do, there's a price tag to it, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and I think it's important to understand what that price tag actually is uh, and what that price is. And so sometimes people, when I then start um, leading them to actually discover themselves in terms of their values, and when they are really confronted with their situation, they're quite shocked to realize where they actually are and what they have been like giving up or missing, right? Um, and um, so, yeah, it's it's really important to to say, hey, wait a minute, like pause and and stop, right? Stop that 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 rat race, and move out of that space, and let's have a closer look, right? So and that people are mostly uh, oblivious to the downsides of their own situation yes and you know like and yeah so they're not they're not even coming to see you because they're they're aware of what they've sacrificed yet it's, it sounds like they're they're discovering even more <laughs> that they haven't been satisfied while talking with you yes yes so sometimes they know part of the truth, right? Uh, or little aspects of, you know, and, and sometimes people just come and say, hey, you know what? I'm I am okay with my job, but I want to just like discover what else is out there. Okay. You know, and then once they really start really going in and and really like having their discovery mode on then they are surprised by what is actually out there and what is, uh, you know, all of the opportunities and that uh, they didn't see, I mean, anything else. If I remember back to my own transition, I mean, I was with that company at the time, I wasn't for a super long time, but I guess because I'm a very loyal person, I was really identifying with, with that organization. So for a long time, I kept saying we. And I remember like the people I met back then, I said, okay, who is we? Because you are out. <laughs> it's open in my face, right? And I said, okay, yeah, I got it. So then, <laughs> right? And so it was still like, and you know, when you are, especially when you work for big corporates, it's almost like you don't see what's left and right of you. It's so hard to really see see it and see it also as a chance. Mm -hmm. And my my thing is, I really want to help people look at it as a true like a true gift, a second chance, a third chance, another chance of discovering something that is maybe even bigger and better and greater than what they've ever done before. Mm -hmm. you no. Know? Um, but they need to be open to it, you know, uh, and yeah, and sometimes people come to me and say, you know what, I've, I've had this picture of, I don't know, a lady who goes to work with like a nice dress on and that's how I wanted to see myself, but now I am that person and actually I don't like that person. Mm -hmm. Oh, tell me more. Yeah. Right. 
what don't you like about that person, right? And, and all of that is, you know, and that's the part where, again, I bring in the neuroscience because the belief system of that person that I just mentioned or talked about, you know, the belief system was that I need to be that person for my husband, for my family, for my parents, for my friends, because otherwise they may think I'm not good enough. As a matter of fact, she was just going to do something completely different because she really didn't care about this materialistic thing. She didn't care about status, you know what I mean? So very interesting to, to see what is the picture people have of themselves when they enter the process and what is the picture people have when they, when they come out of the process. Yeah, so it sounds like you're separating them from their... Uh, con conditionings of seeing the, the influences in their life that they didn't realize they were making the decisions for. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And because you you mentioned you mentioned neuroscience and positive intelligence, I know that's a big part of how you're helping people. Maybe we can give them gi give a little bit more context about about that. Mm -hmm. You know, even as you were talking, you know, we're talking about opportunities, seeing the, um, the transition as an opportunity that's very much uh, mm -hmm. like a sage perspective, yes. talking that jargon. So do you want to give a little, uh, a little um, more context about, about that and how you work with people with that? Mm -hmm. um, yes, absolutely. It's interesting now you just said it. And you know, like the thing with, I remember when she Saad, who actually is the person who invented this fantastic program, um, when that came along, uh, and I remember the first thing I heard, you know, you can absolutely convert anything that happens to you or has happened to you into a gift or opportunity. I'm like, okay, this is my line. This is it. <laughs> right? So um, I think despite all of what I have been through as a teenager and also a young adult, I always believed in the power of positivity. And then, like I said, when Corona came along and I was introduced to Shirzad and the team and the program, uh, uh, also something I was completely hooked because I had seen my own breakthroughs, but also the breakthroughs of you know, people that have been through the program. Okay. And um, so basically what it is, it's, I, I always call it the basic of, of psychology, you know, really like the belief set, everything that we do starts in our head, right? Um, and to give an example, actually the lady that I just re referred to, um, she came to see me to find out, okay, what other opportunities or alternative would be there for her. But I guess after the second, third, you know, intervention, I realized that she's not actually really doing the work mm -hmm. because she had this big mindset that she cannot allow herself the time to spend with a coach yeah. to think about another job when she has a job, mm -hmm. right? And yeah. it became so, um, so apparent and such a disturbing thing uh, and it turned out to again use the the the, um, the, the positive intelligence methodology uh, words 
it be, you know, one of her biggest saboteurs was actually the pleaser. So whenever we met, she would say, oh, I have to now, you know, um, take care of my husband or my kid. So everybody else and everything else was more important than her. So she couldn't do the work, right? Uh, and that's where are you, well, how I use, you know, positive intelligence also being in a career transition, right? Or if somebody has lost their confidence and actually doesn't believe in themselves and think that, okay, what do I have to offer, right? So changing perspective, changing mindset, right? Um, really um, things that we all have. We all have belief system. We all have saboteurs, right? That hinder us to do certain things and take action, right? Uh, and what really got me is the fact that, you know, when they did the research, right, and they said that, you know, the left part of the brain is where the saboteurs live and the right part of the brain is where, you know, the positivity and the sage lives. And, and when you do a brain scan and actually you can see that under their MRI, that was the moment when I was completely hooked and I thought, wow, this is amazing, right? This is truly amazing. And um, one of the things I have done is after um, I was then certified with Shrizad and the program, I started to have my own program. Of course, there was a lot of learning still need to be done. And you know everything was a bit iffy and shaky. But then what I did is after I once had like this really fantastic group of people um, and once the program was over, they didn't want to stop. They said, so now what? What do we do now? And I said, oh, my God, what do we do now? So then I created a program on top of it. So to really go into more depth. And after that, they still didn't have enough. And I said, OK, now what do I do? So I created even more you know, depth to the program so they could really use it and have it as something yeah, that supports them every single day, right? To give the audience an idea, so you started with the Positive Intelligence Program, which is the program mm -hmm. that has been set up by Shirzad Shamin. Yeah, talking about the mental saboteurs. And from then, you added your own, you moved from his to adding up your own Mm -hmm. uh, your own twist to it and supporting yes. supporting people. So I'm I'm assuming that you're adding and you're going deeper in the context of saboteurs and and this type of work, or is it to bring people into a different route or going into a specialty, as in um, mm -hmm. their I don't know stress or career or yeah that's a good point so my speciality is again the career coaching you know the transition aspect of it um and what i do is so i guess maybe just to give a bit more context is the program is like a six weeks boot camp right six or seven weeks boot camp where you know you work with an app you watch videos um that are being debriefed like in these so-called pod meetings I typically uh, choose groups, not more than five people, because I think it's a perfect number, not too big, not too small. You debrief and every week you have a different topic. One of the topics, I think it's in, in week four, is the whole aspect of empathy. And empathy, for example, can be uh, towards yourself uh, or empathy towards others, right? So as a leader or as someone in, in career transition, it can be that 
you know, the empathy towards myself is lacking, right? Because I feel like I'm insignificant. I have nothing to offer. I have no achievements or whatsoever, right? So that's something we train on. Um, and every week the topic is changing. And um, so, and then also uh, throughout the day, you have this fabulous app where you can do, you know, like your meditation and small um, sequences of usually they are only two minutes long. And these sequences is something that what you did when we had the beginning of the session to help people refocus because typically most human beings all day long, we are in our head instead of being here, right? Um, and so it's it's when I tell somebody to actually focus for 20 seconds and you would think that this is such, such an easy thing to do, it's so difficult to do because we are so distracted every every day, uh, every minute of, of, of the day, every second, right? Um, and so that app helps you to refocus um, throughout the day, especially, you know, in between meetings, right? So that you don't drag on maybe negative energy for the entire day, but that you recenter and refocus for yourself, uh, stress relief, uh, managing also conflicts with yourself or others, right? Um, and it's a fantastic thing to do because most people believe that when they, let's say, have a challenge, they believe they, they go to a course or see a coach two, three, four times, and it's done. But self-work never stops. So I'm a big believer in this, you know, um, lifelong learning concept because that is something that I do for myself. And for me, it's also very important that everything I tell my clients to do that I do myself, you know, um, and that I that I try myself. And so I also, I'm, I'm somebody that tries a lot of different methodologies and then I combine and, and make it myself and whatever works for me, then I apply it, you know, for my clients. So like so we, we talked a bit, we heard you mention the saboteur. So so in the context of the program, there are like some let's say archetypes of mm -hmm. yes. um, different ways that we are basically talking to ourselves and sabotaging sabotaging ourselves and that's yes. usually when we're stressed and when we are under the spell of negative emotions so i'm curious with your experience what saboteurs are most at play when people are starting to doubt starting to have questioning their careers Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's funny that you say that because actually um, something that I that I have discovered for the last couple of years is that you could even say that there is there are some saboteurs that are more present with women oh. and some saboteurs are more present with men. So with women, it's the classic, you know, the, the pleaser, we call it the pleaser. So putting everybody else uh, on prior one instead of ourselves. Yeah. And then for, you know, I would really say that the majority of men I have worked with, it's like, you know, either hyper-rational. So uh -huh. people who are not in tune with their own emotions and believe that actually emotions is a thing that is not helpful uh, and they cannot show emotions. Uh, or what's also um, widely spread between men and women 
is what we call the hyperachiever because we live in a society, in a country um, that is very wealthy, but also for the reason that, hey, you have to work hard, you know, um, and you and you really have to give your, your best every single day, 150%, right? Um, and uh, what happens is, yeah, we go from one to the next without actually realizing that we have achieved it and doing that and, and also praising ourselves and, and celebrating, but then on to the next one, right? Mm, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and that identity or identity completely attached to success and results and when we are not achieving the results that we want then suddenly it's yeah. not that we really had yeah. one yeah. failure it's like that we are a failure so that's um can be crippling such a, such constant stress to have that hyper achieving oh yeah phase. that takes a lot of energy you know a lot of energy and then another thing that is quite common including myself <laughs> is what we call the stickler or the perfectionist you know and interestingly enough i think this is by far the one uh, i will always remember because most people think that being a perfectionist is something to be proud of uh, i'm a perfectionist you know and also a lot of times when i do interview prep and, and i record and then people would say you know, like one of their weaknesses. Um, yeah, I'm a perfectionist, but actually this is something good, you know, because I do everything to perfection, right? Uh, and we know that that is not the case, right? There have been numerous studies that this multitasking thing, A, is not what we think it is, and it's actually not very helpful and good. And then the other thing is, how much energy are you putting in trying to be that perfect thing, right? And I think ever since I have gone through the program with Yersan, one of the words I try to eliminate out of my vocabulary is actually the word perfect. There is no such thing as perfection. You may want to thrive towards it, right? But I'm actually really trying to not use that word. Mm. You know? Because it takes so much energy. We have to look perfect. We have to work perfect. We have to produce perfect results. We have to make sure that we give this perfect um, reflection of ourselves and so on and so forth. And this is by, this is really like, I want to say an, an industry or a nation uh, disease almost. Yeah. Right? Yeah, so much energy. Uh, such an energy drain and also I see it uh, for myself as well uh, I'm guilty too <laughs> um, uh, can be paralyzing you know and keeping us keep, keeping from moving caring, doing taking starting new yes. so I guess like for someone in a career transition who would have a a strong perfectionist saboteur then the thought of starting over and going into a different you know different industry or different mm -hmm. role and which means that by definition we can be perfect because we don't know yet what it what we are dealing with mm -hmm. uh, or like uh, in business mm -hmm. uh, you know taking ooh, yeah forward taking, taking risk like you know setting up new new programs etc like the perfectionist can be such a 
Oh, yes. It can be really a pain in the neck and it really gets you stuck and not moving forward. Uh, and also a lot of times it really talks volumes about also, you know, like the type of person or leader you are. Like, for instance, if you spend a gazillion hours and time on a CV, I mean, I think this is a CV is the thing I just talk about probably the most as part of my job, uh, you know, on top of other things. But what is the perfect CV, right? There is no such thing. There is not one CV you have to be careful of or mindful of what industry you are applying and so on and so forth. And making a long story short, if you know, you are looking at, um, of course, you know, you want to be good with grammar and everything, but if you look at, you know, lines and, and perfectionism in terms of on a micro level, then again, that may speak volumes about how you are as a leader. Maybe you are a micromanager. I don't know, you know? So those are the things to, to, to look for. Um, yes, we want to have an, an, an eye for detail, yeah. but we don't want to go overboard. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Actually, you're saying that. It reminds me of one of the principles of uh, you know <laughs> this uh, positive individual system that oftentimes our saboteurs are they are based on one of our qualities. So Biggest when strength, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. exactly and so only if we're taking it too far then it becomes a weakness right so i'm trying to to shift that into into the positive aspect which is actually the strength yeah. right hey you have you are equipped with with these helpful talents use them instead of like overusing them and it becomes like something negative uh, and it also has an impact on people around you, you know, not just on you, but on, on, on the other people. And so what's the antidote to these saboteurs taking over? Mm -hmm. I think, um, A, people should listen more within themselves and realize when they are stressed and when they are hijacked Yes. You know, with these, you know, voices uh, and should listen and realize and then somehow break the pattern, you know, uh, and move outside of that, which is not an easy thing to do, um, but you can. Um, and, you know, one of the things that that I that I absolutely want to empower people to and 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 like, spread the message is that you know we see every day at least here in switzerland on the news that the cost of health is exploding reasons being you know burnout depression you know so all these kind of things so mental issues right and instead of going to psychologists that are all you know under the water and prescribing medicine medication, which I know in some cases we need to, you know, why don't we go and check out really what the root cause is? And I have seen that positive intelligence, the framework, the operating system really works with that. And it can really help curing, you know, I almost want to say patients, right? But people who are who are suffering, yeah. And if they were to, to, to go through the program, if they were to look at their saboteurs, 
um, you know, I'm sure they could benefit from it, you know, because actually she said himself, he was diagnosed, um, you know, I don't know if you remember, with depression in his early years, and he got out of it, you know, so yeah. Yeah, because the you know we're talking about you, you know like when I asked about antidote, you said like you know getting that awareness and uh, um, and these little mindful moments that you were talking about earlier. That's one of the tools that is used to to stop stop the saboteurs in their tracks when we're having yes. this uh, negative thinking. Mm -hmm. Doing this little pause, like we've done at the start of the of the of the conversation and it yes. can be, and that's what you were saying that the app is guiding people with and interrupting the day a couple of times mm -hmm. a day doing basically doing uh little pauses and it's amazing once we know that something as simple as that can actually have a um an impact on on the the, the brain the rewiring of the brain that is even visible on an MRI, as you were saying earlier. Yes, it's, yeah. it's, it's really amazing. It's really amazing. And with the app, you know, you can measure your progress. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you can also do it within teams. You know, it's really nice. I've been doing it with teams. That's 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 cool because then you can also make it a little bit playful, you know, to say who does most, right? Most exercises so they get something uh, additionally, like a little gift or something, right? But yeah, it, it really does work. And I and I hope that, you know, more and more people will will turn to it and will discover, you know, the impact that it can have, the positive impact. Yeah. Yeah. So understanding how we function. Yes. Like our own brain. We can repro basically reprogram our own brain. Yes. And, and that serves, you know, that's that will serve in career transition and but in every other area of life. I mean, we are not exactly. we don't operate in silos. Mm -hmm. um, and Petra, in a, in an ideal world, what would uh, signal to someone in any given career that that maybe they get to um, to investigate and ask themselves, "Am mm -hmm. I really in the right uh, career?" But to do that sooner than you know, like years down the line when they're forced out in Mm -hmm. signs for people to listen to that would get them to go on their journey to find themselves sooner rather than later yes um well i would i would want to say it starts with smaller signs like being completely um you know tired and completely like you know uh yeah tired i guess burned out without having like an official burnout certificate i guess right um, but also not knowing exactly why they are getting up in the morning and being, you know, frustrated uh, and miserable and not feeling fulfilled and really like dissatisfied, you know, um, you know, those kind of signs. But then also like from a physical like sign is then really like the, the burnout, which means, you know, that we cannot handle things anymore. We are tired. We need to sleep. We need to rest um you know um those kind of things uh big signs of of being stressed you know um conflicts you know sometimes then also we get aggressive because we all know that if we are tired if we haven't slept or whatever 
And then we have to deal with issues at work. You know, it can lead to actually something even more uh, worse, right? That we maybe get aggressive, maybe we miss some deadlines, maybe we miss even something drastic. Just think about it. If I'm, I'm just like, I don't know why, but for some reason, um, uh, pilots came to my mind. You know, people who have a responsibility over hundreds of people, like in a, in a bus, in a train, in a plane, if they don't sleep and if they are overworked, I mean, think about, you know, the consequences, right? Um, but the same goes for, for everybody else. Yeah, just because we are not, uh, you're not uh, piloting a, a plane doesn't mean that uh, you shouldn't pay attention to uh, to the yeah. signs early, sooner than later, yeah. Exactly. And I think one of the things, you know, um, you know, also, you know, like nowadays careers, you know, one of the things that has definitely changed is, you know, when you when you enter like a new um, company, it's not that they're laying everything in front of you and say, okay, this is where you start, this is where you can develop. I mean, in, in some companies, it may still be like that. But the truth is nowadays, you are responsible for your own development, right, which means that go question yourself go and and connect with other people and exchange you know what i mean also to see okay again what are you seeing that maybe i'm not seeing right maybe for the fourth time i have completely given you an answer almost like screaming or yelling at you without actually realizing it because i'm completely under stress you know or i have completely ignored you and not listened to you because i have a million things on my plate Right. Um, and uh, so, yeah, both like the physical signs, but also mental signs. Right. And starting with frustration, yeah. Or yeah. with anger, with feeling helpless, with feeling in the wrong place, you know. Yeah. And trusting, trusting people when they to be the, the mirror to be a good mirror for us and um mm -hmm. yeah. yeah absolutely and so petra is there anything is there a question that i haven't asked that i haven't asked you that you would love to address or any message or anything that is uh, dear to you that you would like to to leave our, our people with mm -hmm. No, I guess like what I said earlier, I would I would hope that in the future, um, you know, one of my my dream project would be to implement PQ in schools very early on. So at an early age, we could already learn about emotional intelligence, you know, about how to solve problems without fighting, you know, uh, how to communicate properly, because I feel like I see that this is completely um, going away. Uh, if you only look in the newspaper, but also, um, I mean, in my environment, right? Mm -hmm. um, so if if we could actually not wait until we are grown-ups, yeah. and we have been conditioned to the point where it's almost like it seems that there's no return, why don't we start much earlier with things that would be so helpful for life instead of teaching things that we never ever need again and that are so irrelevant nowadays you know um, so school systems are also completely outdated in my opinion 
Um, so that is one thing in schools, but not only there. I think if if also psychologists would work closer with coaches, you know, if companies would look for their employees and implement programs that would really allow them, you know, not just something on the side, but hey guys, here's really something um, that will help you to rediscover who you are and what you want, whether it is with us or another company, right? Uh, and to help with, with stress and all these things. That would be something I would love to, to see uh, and to hear and experience about. Yeah, yeah. So is it actually, is it actually an appeal to, to opportunities, maybe to bring that into, into the school system, uh, Petra? That, that, would be, that would be phenomenal if, if, I, if I could. Uh, if I really could, um, I, I, I would love to, you know, uh, bring positive intelligence as it is into the world. Yeah. Yeah. To everybody, to each and every person on, on this planet, for sure. Okay. So in our audience, anyone listening is a decision maker in education or school environment to definitely reach out to you, Petra, right? Yes, please. <laughs> I'd be more than happy and, and open and to meet and to discuss. Yes, yes. Imagine mm -hmm. learning about this. It makes so much sense. Learn like, Learning about our saboteurs like uh, when we are younger so that we learn to um, to to deal with these voices and 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 get the best of uh, of, our, of our own brains early that's yeah. uh, makes such a difference yeah, yeah it's like all learning meditation or yeah it's it's uh, i agree with you like it's um it's sad that uh, there is not more education about how we function so that we can function yes. better than in in mm -hmm. further education, in jobs, in our future careers. Yeah, ah. I agree. Yeah. I agree. There should be some basics that should be taught in school. You know, uh, very simple stuff from, you know, how to how to calculate your pension money, from yeah. how to not only drive a car but fill it up and maybe do the basic repair or switch a tire to you know emotional intelligence and how to really solve conflict you know stuff like that so yeah let's 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 see <laughs> yes like what about what about we learn useful skills for life now 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 artificial intelligence is here and like it, it, to give us all the information we ever yes. need to know <laughs> so yeah i'm with you on this one yeah, absolutely. Um, awesome. So anyway, I will I will um, make sure that you know people know where to find you, and uh, for uh, linking with you, like uh, for conversations, maybe about school, maybe about the school system, but about career transition, <laughs> and, and maybe join one of your programs, mm -hmm. and. Um, and yes, on these words, I thank you very much, Petra, for your time with us. Uh, at any stage, if uh, you have more to add, we can have another another round. Oh, absolutely. Thank you so much, Julie, for this amazing conversation. I really enjoyed it. Yes, thank and you for having me. And I can, well, yeah, always open to continue. <laughs>
<laughs> Fantastic. So thank you and thank you everyone for staying with us the whole time. And I shall see you next week for another conversation. Bye. Thank you.